People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, kid. I want to just be really transparent with everyone as to what's going on here. So I'm in a different location today. I'm actually at my family friend's house reporting in her childhood bedroom because in light of the storm yesterday, my town got completely destroyed. You can't even get through to my street right now. We have to go completely around. So my house has no power, no anything. So we're really making it work, but the surface is so spotty. So I'm just, I feel like I want to put that out there to relieve any sort of anxiety that we're feeling about the technological situation here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I can't yeah. believe I didn't lose power. Mine was the only street in my town that didn't lose power. Yeah, it was, our, my, my house never normally does, but this was bad. I actually, <laughs> we'll get into the episode in one second, but this is just so funny. So my dad had a doctor's appointment. And so we went out. I really want him to cancel it. He didn't want to cancel it. it was, when we're going out, it's pouring rain. We come home and when we come home, the power's out. We didn't think it through because we are definitely like a garage family. We never use keys. So we're completely locked out of my house. The garage door doesn't open. We don't have a key with us. We had to break into my house and the video of my 68-year-old dad climbing through the window is like top five best experiences of my life. It's on. (laughs) I put it on the TikTok that I have for him, comments by Steve. So definitely check it out. (laughs) Bye. I promote, I promote my personal TikTok for my dad more than I do like our merch. <laughs> That's true. No, literally <laughs> yesterday I sent you, I sent Emma a comment and it was like the Nicole Richie one. I was like, I don't think we need slide two. And she was like, do whatever you think. We were locked at our house. So my dad's climbing through the window. I was like, we can wait. We can wait. <laughs> it's, just, it's in a rough situation over here, but we're making the best of it. And as always, we appreciate your guys flexibility because I think this episode is going to come out a little later than normal but what can you do okay you ready Julie oh my god am I ready let me tell you guys something this episode we're on season two episode two 
This was such a good one. I know I say that so many times, but I'm telling you, once we get into it, if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. If not, you're going to get it in the first minute or so. A lot of nostalgia, a lot of iconic lines, just just all good all around. I kind of forgot about this episode. Like I forgot how like deep and intense it was. Oh, me too. I forget about, there's so many things that come up that have been coming up for us that I completely... It's, it's as if like when I watch it, of course I remember, but if I didn't watch this, I, that would have been a memory that was completely lost for me. It's funny because I was thinking about it today that it's going to hit a point where like I start to see ones that I've never seen before because like I, I've obviously like I used to watch every week, but like we're dealing with the time where like there wasn't Hulu and like I think this is even before DVR. So like we're going to start to hit ones that I've never seen. I know. I'm And I'm excited for that day. I know that's definitely the case. Oh, this is such a journey. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> So we start at the opening scene. They're all eating dinner together and they're at the Calabasas house and Rob's not there. And they're kind of all a little bit confused as to why he's not there. And Chris says, she's like, you know, when was the last time that he's missed a Thursday night dinner? And Kim said, she was like, listen, he always at the very least comes here to do his laundry and he hasn't even come home to get his laundry done. It then flashes to Rob and Adrian by loan together at her place, teaching him how to do laundry at which she came on the screen and automatically I was losing it. And in his confessional, he says, so I'm dating Adrian by and she's a cheetah girl. It started off as the first musical on Disney channel. They sing, dance, movies, clothes, video games, you name it. When I first met Adrian, I was so in love with her. I'm trying to find someone who's your best friend and who makes you happy and who you can talk to all the time. And that's Adrian. This is my first time I've been in love. I'm starting to act as who I was before my dad passed away. I definitely feel that my dad brought us together. I tell Adrian that all the time. Julie. They're so cute. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me just, so everybody, if you're confused timeline wise, the time that this was filmed is 2008. So Adrian was 24 and Rob was 21 and Robert Kardashian had passed away September, 2003. So Rob was 16 at the time. So it's been about five years since his dad's passing. And I think as we'll see throughout the episode, in addition to the fact that your first love, you'd never forget. And it's always a really intensely emotional experience. I think also this was the five-year mark is when things start to become, for everyone it's different, but I think a lot of times it can start to become like, wow, this is really the new normal. So this just brought with it a whole other set of emotions that was so kind of, I don't know, like deep to watch as a viewer. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And also, Rob had been in episodes before, obviously, but we only saw like snippets of him and like little things. Like this was the first time that you got like a full glimpse into like, who he was, his relationship, him dealing with their dad's death. Like we didn't get that much Rob before. And we definitely like didn't know him the way we know him now. Like it was like the first time we really got to know him. Totally. And also it's really interesting. Just, you know, it's one thing for him to be kind of a main plot line. Like when he was a couple of weeks ago when he was dating that uh, playmate, but it's a totally different thing to be so vulnerable. Like this is a very vulnerable thing. We We see throughout the episode, he's crying, you know, he's, talking about the death of his dad and his first love experience. And I think just to, you know, going back to then, which was 12 years ago to now, where being vulnerable with the public is not something that he's comfortable with. It's just kind of interesting to watch how it ebbs and flows, like his his relationship with public vulnerability, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I also have to just say, you have to understand watching this now in 2020 and Rob Kardashian so seriously explaining what the cheetah girls are. It's, it's, I can't tell you guys how, one, how old I feel, but two, how nostalgic this is. Oh my God. 
Yeah, you know? it's so funny. Because in case you don't know what the Cheetah Girls are, I'm like, do I know what the Cheetah Girls are? I saw I them literally in concert. I know. Also, just in case anybody's curious what she has been up to. So she got engaged in August 2016 in Paris. And she then got married in November 2016. So it was a really kind of close time from engagement to marriage. And she's really happily married. And which we'll get into later on, you know, she has a really beautiful relationship with the family still, which I think makes me, obviously makes me happy, but it also makes me believe that they did have, whatever their connection was, it was real. Of course it was. Oh, I think that, listen, there's so much to say about Rob and Adrian, and I don't want to take away conversations that we're going to have in the future about like their breakup and like actually where things went wrong. But I do think that like, if Rob was to do a version of like a wonderful life, like about himself where he like had to go back in time and figure out what went wrong. I- I've never seen the movie. I'm just guessing that that's what happened. Um, I think he would like have to go back to the moment of Adrian and be like, this is like the point. Do you get what I mean? Like, oh. I think that his relationship with Adrian was like that ending was the tipping point of everything. And I think that if he had stayed with Adrian, which like obviously seems illogical in retrospect, but like looking at, their relationship in this episode like I think that if he stayed with Adrian and they got married and they did the whole thing like you would be seeing a very 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 different Rob I think that Rob views Adrian on and this is just my feeling on one hand as the one that got away at the same time he wouldn't take back having dream for anything so everything works out the way that it was meant to because he got dream in his life and that's what was meant to happen but I do think that he will forever view Adrian as the one that got away I could be wrong that's just I my totally agree. yeah No, I totally agree. I think she's the ultimate one that got away. Absolutely. Okay, next scene. Rob is at lunch with Kim, Courtney, and Chloe. And Courtney says to him, he's like, she's like, you know, Rob, I feel like we have to set up an appointment to see you these days. And he's like, listen, you know, I have a girlfriend. And they're all just like very kind of confused. And they're like, you're exclusive and official. And in his confessional, he says, I'm very hesitant to bring Adrian around my three sisters. My sisters, they tend to get too involved in my relationships. Of course, it flashes back to when they crashed the date with the Playboy model. What I will say, though, this is two totally different situations. Totally. Totally. So they're all kind of interrogating him, asking him questions about being official. And Rob's like, yeah, no, we're serious. He's like, and I got a tattoo to prove it. Okay, you guys ready for this? In the middle of this Calabasas restaurant, Rob stands up, lifts his shirt up to a giant tattoo on his side that says Adrian Bailon. Julie, I knew that this happened. I had the same fucking reaction 12 years later than I did the first time watching it. I swear to God. Is there like a specific porn category of a 21-year-old Rob Kardashian lifting up an Ed Hardy shirt? Like there has to be. There has to be. I was. That's the category. No, no. Every single time we watch this, and I know we probably sound like broken records, but I really think other people are on the same page as us. I revert back to my first time watching it and just dying over Rob. Just... It's because it's not even, it's more so about, I remember how I felt in the moment the first time. That was my ideal. It was like him and Ryan Sheckler. Those were my guys. And so I just revert back to this, you know, I just revert back to this like preteen state of fantasizing about Rob Kardashian. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Is this when Bieber started around the time 2009? I just like try to like categorize and remember when like my childhood crushes occurred. But I mean, if you think about it on obviously different scales, Ryan Chuckler, Rob Kardashian, and Bieber all had the similar vibe. And I mean that just with the earrings, with the jewelry, with there was a certain like swag element that, you know what what I'm saying? I know they're so different, but I think you can understand what I mean. Oh, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. So 
you know, they, he lifts up his shirt and they're all just like, what the fuck? It was kind of similar to when he reveals his giant tattoo to Chris in later seasons. But anyway, and he's like, no, it's fine, guys. Like, no one's going to see this. And Chloe's like, you never take your shirt off. All you do is take your shirt off. You walk around in Calvin Klein's and no shirt all the time. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm dropping dead. I'm like, please do that more. Please walk around in Calvin Klein's and no shirt in this episode. <laughs> so... Courtney's in her confessional and she's like, we're all in shock. Like, is this a joke or something? Her full name is tattooed on him. And we're just like, what are you doing? And Rob goes, you're just jealous because I'm in love. And she's like, does he have one too? And Rob goes, yeah. And in her confessional, Courtney's like, so since we don't know Adrian, we decide to get to know her, whether Rob likes it or not. And basically Rob goes to the bathroom and Courtney takes Rob's phone. And she's like, we're getting Adrian's number. And Kim's like, you don't even know her. You're going to ruin it with him. Why are you going to call her? And Courtney's like, you know, I just want to get to know her. If he's not introducing us, we need to get to know her ourselves. And in her confessional, Courtney's like, he's not introducing us. And because we don't know Adrian, I'm just scared that she will hurt him. And that would just be devastating to all of us. <laughs> like, what part of this is normal, you know? None of it. And that's why the show is so good. <laughs> it, I, I, I know we've spoken about this before, but there are such certain moments on each of these early episodes that pinpointed so clearly for me of why this show was a success. Yes. You know, and being this- the meddling family that they are was like one of the main reasons, I think. Like mm-hmm. the involvement in each other's lives was such, so relatable and yet unrelatable at the exact same time because they yeah. took it to a different level. Right. Okay, next scene, we're switching gears for a second because the second kind of plot line around this episode is Chris's desire to get the family eating healthier in better shape. It's definitely a secondary plot line, but it's being introduced now. So Kim and Chris are in the kitchen and in Chris's confessional, because Kim's eating cake and in Chris's confessional, she's like, my entire family has been eating horribly lately. I need to do something to get them on a healthy track. And Chris is like, you got to stop with the sugar. And Kim's like, really? I had no idea. Mom, relax. I just had one small bite. And Chris is like, it's always one small bite, Kim. And it turns into about 62 small bites. She's not wrong. Can I make one quick comment? Yeah, of course. Like, I obviously know this is so not the point of this. And I'm, it's, this is 100,000% a projection. And I get that, but I just want to acknowledge it. At least, like, let me acknowledge my bias up, up front. I, I totally get that her whole goal was to, like, get everybody to be healthier and eating more nutrients. And it wasn't weight focused. I was like, no, like, no joke. I was triggered. Like, I was literally going back to, me being like all I wanted was Oreos and my mom like would it would only get the Numinos and like it was just oh I hate I just am I'm so in in like not that space anymore of like commenting what anyone's eating and I totally get this is not that deep and she was just making a comment because she wants the family to be healthier but I'm just being honest I was I hated this I was like let her fucking eat the cake I knew you were gonna say that I I know it's so me I just I can't help it it's like very relatable though like the balance between Am I being told not to eat something or am I not eating something myself because it's actually just genuinely bad for me, like the amount of sugar and white flour or whatever? Or like, am I being told to not eat or depriving myself of it because it's just unhealthy and it's a weight thing? Yeah. No, it's it's a, it's a constant struggle. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because... Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candles, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. 
So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, next scene, Courtney and Chloe are in the car and Courtney kind of decides that now is the perfect time to call Adrian. So Adrian picks up and she's like, hello. And Courtney's like, hi, it's Courtney and Chloe, Rob's sisters. We were just calling because we had lunch with Rob and he told us how you guys are official. And we thought that maybe on our way out tonight, we could meet for coffee next to our store. Adrian, by the way, this conversation is on speaker. You can hear her, like the shakiness in her voice. Can you not? Yeah. Nervous (laughs) as a motherfucker. She's and like understandably so. She's like, uh, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, by the way, though, that's a terrifying call to get. Oh my god, literally terrifying. And also, not to jump ahead, but so interesting because when she does show up for coffee, she walks in so confidently as if she wasn't like scared shitless twenty minutes ago. I know. So Courtney's in her confessional, and she's like, "My sisters are constantly getting involved in each other's li- love lives." They just got involved with me and Scott and we're back together now and things are really good. So now I'm going to get involved in Rob's love life. <laughs> that is okay. the worst rationale ever. No, ever. She, it's just like she's, it's, she was kind of using like a pay it forward mentality, but that just didn't apply here. But honestly, who gives a shit? It's amazing to watch. <laughs> also, like they got involved in your love life in the sense that like they exposed the secret that almost blew it up. And then like you had to patch it back together. <laughs> <laughs> like they actually did absolutely nothing to make it better. But hey. so so next scene going back to the food plot line chris brings in her trainer and nutritionist kathy kaler to help them kind of eat healthier just out of curiosity we went on her website just to see one if she's still practicing and two for me honestly ever since the babysitter that we found out was just a hired actress in season one i'm curious if these people are actually who they say they are and so turns out she's actually a real person i honestly haven't really heard of her but I went on her website and her previous clients or some that she listed, Jane Fonda, Julia Roberts, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lisa Kudrow, Cindy Crawford, Katie Couric, Jennifer Aniston, Drew Barrymore, Claudia Schiffer, et cetera. So I guess she's the real deal. You know what's funny about this scene that's like so Kardashian, like they don't even try, is Kim's in the, they're in the same outfit. It's the same day. Like Chris has this idea. She walks in, she sees Kim. She's like, you know what? Brilliant idea. I'm going to actually call my nutritionist. And then this nutritionist who has a, plethora of a-list clients happens to be available that day and comes 20 minutes later like this is prime kardashian not even like allow like not even giving you the chance to believe for one second that these were different days or that this wasn't like a purposeful plot line but you know something julie that i gotta tell you i'm almost happy that they set us up with the bar so low in terms of stage things here because 
it kind of just made us all like, we are not watching it, or at least I think a lot of us aren't necessarily watching it for the unfiltered drama. Yes, those moments are incredible. Like Kim and Courtney's fight in the last season, those are all great. And we get a lot of those. And even in this episode, we do have a lot of real moments, but we're not watching it so much for the plot line as much as we are for genuinely just being fascinated by their interactions. So I think like, even early on, they kind of knew that they were like, we're going to make a good time of it no matter what. So yeah, the editing's a little fucked up. And like, I appreciate that. I don't come to them for their cinematic genius in terms of production quality. I come to them for just being able to watch content. Yeah. I think I've also like, I probably was not as cynical the first time around. Like, I think now that I'm watching it with this lens of like going through it and analyzing it on the podcast, I'm like so cynical of the things that they do that are like obvious production errors or like things like that. Oh, you think my 14-year-old self was noticing that Kim was in the same outfit? Absolutely not. I was glued to the television. They could have been reading a script, like an actual script, and I would have been equally as interested. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like they could have literally had their Trump graphs in front of him from that interview, and I would have been like, wow, how natural of them in this episode. (laughs) Actually. So Kathy says, she's like, listen, we're going to clean out everything, and everything that, number one, Christian beating, and then everything that she wouldn't want her kids to be eating. Cause if you, she's like, if you don't want to put it in your body, you don't want your kids to have it. And they're going through the refrigerator and Kim's like, no, no, I love that. And Kathy's like, you know, you should really get your own chicken coop so that you can have your own chickens. And Chris is so into it. Kim's like, what the fuck is going on? And Kathy's like, listen, you can't have whipped cream. Kim takes it. She's like putting it into her mouth from the can and Chris starts spraying Kim with it. Kim does the same to her, which again, so minuscule in the scheme of things. The only reason I'm mentioning it is because this is something, this type of like physical, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. Like physical display of annoyance is something that we see so much. They are like very into getting each other messy. Yeah. Like also (laughs) the complete disregard for company when they do it is always funny and happens so often. Kathy looked like she was having an out of body experience. Yeah, Kathy's like, I just came from Julia Roberts' house and now I'm like watching Kris Jenner and Kim Kardashian spray, spray whipped cream on each other. Like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Kathy's like, Jane Fonda would never pull this shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So basically, you know, in a very, this is such a mom thing to do. Chris is like, okay, like she sits down, Caitlin, Courtney, and Chloe, and she's like, okay, really exciting. We have a whole new healthy eating plan. We're getting a chicken coop. And Courtney in her confessional is like, <laughs> quote, my mom wants to get a chicken coop because one of her Beverly Hills friends has a chicken coop in the backyard of her $20 million house. <laughs> don't you wish Courtney could see herself now slash don't you wish Courtney would sit down and watch herself then because the Courtney that's complaining about Chris getting a chicken coop to have organic eggs in the morning would not recognize herself now. Julie, it is all I could think about. Honestly, that was one of my, like that was a moment this, when it first started and it happened throughout the rest of the episode where having the 2020 lens was something I was so grateful for because we know Courtney now she is synonymous with nutrition. And so to watch her kind of you know, look down on Chris for wanting to get more organic. I was like, give yourself 10 years. You're going to be eating this shit up. You're going to be eating avocado smoothies on Addison Ray's YouTube video and like putting brain on in them to make her smarter. Like don't even just wait. Yeah. You are so right. Right. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Just like a relatable moment. Like, yes, most moms are not like, Oh, we want to eat healthier. So we're going to get a chicken coop. But this was such a mother thing to do of like, they are on this mission. So they kind of just sit down the house. And they're like, okay, from now on, this is how it's going, no matter what the thing is. And I just, I personally found that so relatable. 
when your mom decides that she's not eating carbs anymore, the rest of the house isn't eating carbs anymore either. Yeah. Or when my mom switched to Mountain Valley water, the entire house is Mountain Valley water. Remember when my mom ordered those glass water bottles? And she was, the reverse like, osmosis? Of course I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like just so many things, so many things. Like we no longer use Lysol. We're actually using vinegar. So get with it. And like, God forbid. So every Clorox product was thrown away. Now, if only my mom could see it now, she'd be wishing she had those Clorox. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you would have hoarded them if she knew. <laughs> okay. Next scene, they're at Dash and Courtney's talking to Chloe and she's like, you know, I just want to make sure that Adrian is a good girl and that she's not going to break Rob's heart. And Chloe's like, I mean, listen, now that he went and got this whole tattoo, I'm like, uh. So Adrian walks, in t- <laughs> Adrian walks into Dash looking like a fucking supermodel. She is confident, cool, collected. That girl with the shaking voice on the phone, I had no idea who she was. I was like, <laughs> that TikTok, like, not me, wrong bitch. Who, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, me, wrong bitch. <laughs> and she walks in. She clearly just got an amazing blowout. Her hair is bouncy. She's glowing. And in her confessional, Courtney's like, we meet Adrian and we're a little bit scared. Like, who's this girl? Did she force my brother to get a tattoo? And Chloe says to her, she's like, listen, we're really not here to bombard you. We're scary. We just want to get to know you. And Courtney's like, and by the way, you cannot tell Rob because he would kill us. And I think that in that moment, Adrian's mouth kind of dropped because say what you want. I don't think this part was necessary. I mean, she's an actress, so who knows, but I don't think she necessarily knew that Rob wasn't filled in on this because it's a, you know, it is kind of an uncomfortable position to put your brother's girlfriend in. Like in this moment, you have to have your loyalty to us more than to him, which I think is uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Although looking back of her relationship with them now, it's so funny because her loyalty is obviously to them. No, completely. And in a lot of ways, I think I'm not that their loyalties to her, but like they cared so deeply about her that it wasn't like our brother comes first. It was like, we want to make sure both of you are being respected. Right. So Adrian says, she's like, you know, I feel really bad. I can't tell him. And Chloe's like, I know, but we'll tell him later. Just don't tell him tonight. So Chloe says in her confessional, she's like, Adrian might be great. They might really be in love. We just want to feel her out and kind of see what kind of girl she is. So they're sitting down getting coffee and Adrian says, she's like, you know, what's weird for me. Rob is actually the first guy that I've ever introduced as my boyfriend to anyone. I didn't see Rob like that at first. And Courtney's like, yeah, that's how it was with Scott and I too, because he was four years younger than me. And also I was just like, oh, this little boy, whatever. Again, refresher. At this current moment, Adrian is 24 and Rob is 21. And Adrian says, she's like, you know, it's so weird for me to say, this is my boyfriend. This is Robert. He's my boyfriend. Like, it's a big thing for me. And Courtney goes, are you in love? And Adrian says, yes, Rob is like, to me, really, really handsome. I think you guys know your brother's a great guy. I feel super, super blessed to have met him. And Courtney goes, we just want to make sure he doesn't get his heart broken. Adrian's like, I love that boy to death and it sounds soon, but something inside tells me that I really do believe he's the one. He's great. And Courtney's like, you cannot tell him that we met with you. And she's like, I'm not saying a word. And in her confessional, you know, Chloe says, after sitting and talking with Adrian, she's actually the sweetest girl. It's a really genuine, good relationship. I have a hundred things to say. Do you? Yeah, obviously, but you go first. Okay. The first point that I want to make that was like really interesting to me throughout this whole thing was like the way or like the assumption that Rob couldn't possibly be the one that messed up and it had to have been Adrian that like if something was going to go wrong in this relationship, like they had to protect Rob, which is like obviously such an interesting way to like examine how boys are treated versus girls like in relationships versus like and with their family and how they grow up and how that like plays into the way that men act as they get older. I don't have brothers, but I just think the idea of like 
protecting the man in the relationship and assuming that the girl is going to be the one that screws up is like so, so, so telling. My question to you, just because I, I agree with you, I just want to counter it for a second, is do you think that one could argue that it wasn't about the gender? It was more so about the fact that it's their brother. So like no matter what, they would have done the same thing if it was, you know, vice versa. I, I do think so, but I think that – I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I think that if you look at Rob now and the things that have happened in his life and the things that he's done, I think that a really common theme is in a lot of ways, like a lack of accountability where like he's and like, that's always been his problem. Like, remember that episode where um, Courtney gets him an interview somewhere and he just like doesn't show up. He was like, no, it was too below me. I didn't want to go. And he just doesn't show up. Like, I think Rob in a lot of ways is there's just a lack of accountability with them. And I think that a lot of those things go back to the way that the family protected him because he was the only boy in the family. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's interesting if you look at their dad's relationship and the fact that their mom cheated on their dad and how that plays into their assumptions about like gender roles in relationships and who the one that like would most likely be the one to screw up is. And I wonder if that comes from that place also. You know, it's so interesting that you said that because I was thinking – for absolutely no reason um, last night in the shower about that actually about Chris's I think it's because I had just saw a post about Chloe and the, and the Tristan cheating thing and I was just like in my head I was going back to Chris and I was really wondering how much of that initial kind of traumatic ex- emotionally traumatic experience for them informed the way that they view, view relationships from strictly heterosexual relationships in their family from strictly a gender perspective right it's it's really interesting and I think that Like, I think the way that Rob was treated by his sisters is probably no different than the way a lot of men are in their own families. Like, I think that there is a really huge double standard in terms of the way that, like, men are treated versus the way women are treated within their own families, which is why that extends outwardly. Like, that's why it extends to, like, different areas. The whole, like, boys will be boys thing or the whole, like, oh, he hit you, he has a crush on you. Like, I think that... Rob in this situation with the way his sisters were of like we just have to protect Rob we have to make sure no one hurts Rob like there was no point where they were like Rob we really liked Adrian you better not hurt her yeah exactly it's yeah you're so 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 right I wonder I'm I'm trying to think and I honestly don't even have to think about it because we'll just see it as the seasons go along I was trying to think how that manifested itself as things went on because I think at a certain point there was an acknowledgement that you know he wasn't behaving in the way that he maybe should have but yeah it, it is a really um Wow, I didn't even. It's I. I just like analyzing that, and and you know that in the moment, I'm sure that that wasn't even. They wouldn't have even been conscious of that, not for a second. You know, they, they were doing what right. they felt was the right thing, and I understand it. You know, sometimes it's hard to, but it's true. Looking back on it, I think especially when you analyze it from like more of a feminist angle. Yeah. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts: our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. 
Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, next scene, Rob and Adrian come to the house. And I think that this was my favorite scene of the entire thing. You? Oh, me too. Me yeah. too. So they walk in and Adrian is in a purple, juicy, terry cloth tracksuit with Uggs. <laughs> and All I, I want to do is meet my boyfriend's family for the first time in a purple, terry cloth, juicy tracksuit and chestnut Uggs. It's all I want in the whole world. And by the way, though, there's nothing even a little bit weird about that. And like no. in the moment. Imagine if you did that now. Well, I could, that's all I could think about. Like, that's all I could think about. But then I was thinking back to myself in high school. I went to Thomas's parents' house in a little denim skirt with, with knee-high Uggs and, and my hair in like a little clip. Well, you're from Jersey. So like, we understand how that <laughs> happened. I'm just saying, and I didn't think anything of it. It, it really is about the times. Oh, definitely. So they walk in and Kendall and Kylie answer the door. They're so excited to see him. And Rob in his confessional is like, Adrian and I are together. I'm in love. So now I'm going to introduce Adrian to my family and we'll see how that goes. And they're standing there. So it's him and Adrian walking in. And at the door, it's Kendall, Kylie, and Chris. And Rob says to Chris, isn't she more beautiful in person? And Chris like hesitates for a second. She's about to say yes. And Rob's like, she's even better naked. What? I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. I cannot think of a more uncomfortable experience than being Adrian in that moment. I actually, like, my heart dropped. Like, there are so many elements of that. Like, the last thing you want when you are being introduced to your boyfriend's mom is for her to see you in, like, a sexual light. Like, in her to, you know what I mean? She doesn't, you don't want her to start picturing her and your, you and her son having sex. Like, it was just, I, I get it. Like, in the moment, it was so fucking inappropriate. Oh my God, it was especially in front of the little sisters. But I will say, like, that was the complete ripping off the bandaid. Like, no matter what happens from this point forward, you will never have a more awkward moment than when you first met your boyfriend's mom and he said that you looked good naked. From there on, it yeah. is completely smooth sailing no matter what happens. Uh, yes. I also have to say, tell me if you think I'm just being like hyper, not critical, but uh, hyper focused. I do think that the age difference of her, him, her being 24 and him being 21 was showing a little in this scene. And I know that in the scheme of things, you know, three years doesn't make that much of a difference. But when you are in a heterosexual relationship and it's, you're in your early 20s, it does, you know, men just develop slower in terms of their maturity. And I kind of yeah. sense that here. Definitely. Also, this is so Rob's personality. Like, I feel like we kind of forget his personality because it hasn't like shown through in a while. But like Rob was always like this. Like he was always a little bit inappropriate. He was always joking. Very funny. Like, I I think this is more of like a Rob thing, but like definitely shows an immaturity level. hundred yeah. percent. So they're all like appalled and Kendall and Kyle are like, Robert. Chris is like, why would you say that? He's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So do you guys know she's a cheetah girl? Which like... <laughs> most seamless transition (laughs) what a fucking transition they're like i like her naked by the way you know she's a cheetah girl what i think they go hand Uh, in hand (laughs) and kendall's like yeah i just saw the cheetah girls 2 movie and in her confessional chris is like i think robert for the first time in his life has really fallen in love 
You know, he's so comfortable with her. It's really, really sweet. And it's really cute because Kendall and Kylie clearly kind of take on this role as like, okay, we're bringing her in. And if she can hang out with us, she can hang out with anyone. And they just automatically are so sweet with her. I think they're a little bit starstruck is the wrong word. I recognize their presence here. But at this point, like they aren't, no, not nearly as famous as they are now. So for them at their age to be in the house with the cheetah girl is still cool. Like that isn't lost on them, you know? Also, like when you're younger, celebrities are different. Like there's a lot of people who probably came through their home or that they met that were like their sister's age, their mom's age. That was like, they knew were famous, but it didn't mean anything to them. Like when you're 12, 13, 11 years old and somebody from Disney Channel walks into your home, like that's a different level of fame for you because that's the fame that you relate to. Like those are the icons that you're looking at rather than like somebody who your mom told you was a big deal, but you never actually related to. Yeah, no, exactly. And she, you know, they're picking her up and they're kind of carrying her around and it was sweet. It was just, it was clearly she felt, I, I would imagine that she felt really welcomed in that moment. Yes. Yes. So now- you know, Adrian and Rob are out to dinner and Adrian says, she's like, you know, Kylie reminds me of me. She's going to be an actress. Just watch. She should come with us for the third movie. And Rob's like the third one. And Adrian's like, yeah, the third Cheetah Girls movie. I'm stealing her and taking her to India with me. And he's like, you're going to India to show the third movie. And she's like, yeah. And in his confessional, he's like, I've only been dating Adrian for three months. And all of a sudden she's saying how she's going to India. And I'm just shocked again. I can't imagine this was the first time they're having the conversation, but for sake of this, let's just pretend it is. Oh, I was like, that's exactly how I would have brought it up too. <laughs> like, th- like that is literally like, I think it was the perfect way. Like, oh, just casually mention it and hope that he like forgot and thought that you had already told him about it. So he wouldn't be mad. Like if you mentioned in the most casual way possible, it be like, oh, this casual India three months trip, no big deal. I can't even express how different you and I are. I know. It's, it's like for, it's like sometimes, I mean, I can't think of two people that are closer or work better together or just like love each other more for not being blood related and also are so similar in so many ways, but are so like so fucking different. It's crazy, right? It is so crazy. I just want to talk about every single feeling. I want to get it out. I I want to feel hurt. I want the other person to feel hurt. And you're just like, you know, it's fine. We don't talk about it ever. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that easier? (laughs) (laughs) So, She's like, yeah, you know, it takes three months. And he's like, three months? It's a long time. I'm with you like every single day. And in his confessional, he's like, I can't believe that this is happening. I spend every minute with her. And then to go from every minute to like three months is just crazy. And she's like, if I wasn't with you every day, would it be different? Would it change? And he's like, no, I mean, you know, I really want to see you. I'm always texting you like, come, 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 come home. He's like, you know, I just like need to be with you all the time, which we're going to get into in a minute. And he kind of says this, but what I was noticing a lot here was even I don't not even phrasing this framing this as like an unhealthy attachment, but he was clearly developing like a real attachment to her, which I know is normal for any sort of new relationship. But you could tell that his was different because it was also intertwined with his grief. And I think that separating the two almost like delegitimizes his feeling. Yes. Also, I have a lot to say about this, but I want to wait till the last scene. So I'm going to expand on it then. Okay. I love when you plan your thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they're back at the house. It's Rob, Chloe, and Courtney. And Chloe's like, you know, you're kind of depressed. And Rob's saying to Courtney, like, Adrian has to go to India. And Chloe's like, you think she's going to cheat on you? <laughs> what, what, I can't think of a more abrasive question. That is so Chloe, though. Yeah. And Rob's like, she never would. I'm just very insecure. And Courtney's like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I think that, you know, she seems like a really honest girl and that she wouldn't do that. And he's like, what the fuck would you guys know? You don't know shit. And they're kind of smirking. <laughs> 
remember at this point, he has no idea that they met with her. And Courtney's like, well, when we were at lunch and you went to the bathroom, I got her info out of your phone and we asked her to come have coffee with us so we could get to know her better. And he's like, did you guys fuck it up or no? Chloe's like, obviously not. She's still calling you. And in his confessional, he's like, I don't know what the deals with my sisters doing these 007 sneaky things to me, but you know, they ended up liking her. So I guess it made things easier for me. And Courtney says, she's like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I really wouldn't stress about it. Truly. I know. I love it. I can't, like, I don't care. I don't care if we sound like fucking weirdos who are stuck in 2008 and reliving this. I don't care. It brings me joy. And I hope it brings you guys joy. It was making me so happy. And also, total side note that has nothing to do with anything, Courtney looks the same. Courtney is the, absolutely is the most unchanged Kardashian. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's, she looks identical. It's just, I really, for a second in one of her confessional looks for like one quick second, I thought it was this season. I know that's like so crazy to say, but I really wouldn't have been shocked. Like, yes, of course their taste is different, but in terms of her face, yeah, there's a couple of things, but she really looks so similar. It's crazy. Yeah. And the other thing that I forgot to mention earlier is when they were in the car calling Adrian, that fucking Blackberry, I forgot how thick those were. I miss my Blackberry every single day. Every day I think about my BlackBerry, Brick Breaker, BBM. I still know my BBM number, 323 DCAF3. Like I would never forget that as long as I lived. First of all, you can literally not even remember what you had for breakfast. So that's remarkable. Second of all, Brick Breaker was the shit. It took me forever to switch. Me and my sister talk about this all the time. It took us so long to switch to the iPhone because we loved our BlackBerry so much. No, you were definitely attached to it. I mean, listen, I loved the BlackBerry days. I don't necessarily miss them because I'm so grateful of the screen size of the iPhone, but it brings me back to a simpler time. I will say that. Yeah, it's like, it, it rep- like I don't know. The BlackBerry just represents nostalgia for me. Like all of these things that we're talking about with the Kardashians and like juicy sweatsuits and like watching the Kardashians be younger and like all the things that are associated with that. Like to me, like all of that is happening like, and I'm looking at my BlackBerry at the same time. Yes. No, so true. I mean, I do just, just for sake of levity, let me tell you guys a little something that happened to me. I had my BlackBerry and you remember how you had like an icon picture for your, I guess it was what was your BBM profile? What was it? Yeah, of course. I guess, yeah, I'm forgetting, but I just, I, this memory will never, I will never ever forget this. I was, I don't know why, but I decided like to change it up, you know, when you're in high school, like changing up your like pictures. I don't know. It's like the, you feel like it's a very artsy thing to do. And I accidentally click a picture of my tits. It was my BBM profile picture for a solid, like 17 seconds. Nobody saw it. I will never forget the anxiety that I felt in that moment though. Like till the day I die, I will never forget looking at my phone and being like, holy fuck. I just, I just did my worst nightmare. Like the 2020 equivalent of storing a nude is what I did when I made my BBM profile picture, a picture of my tits. It was, it's burned into my memory. That's so iconic. Do you think we're running out of new stories to tell each other? You and me, because we feel like, yeah. Ah, uh, no, I think there's probably more because we have such bad memories that we probably don't even remember things have happened. Like that one I've heard three times. I mean, I'm not complaining. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I'm just like questioning our ability to come up with new stories to tell each other. We're like an old married couple. Yeah. No, I think that we will have some. There was one. You didn't know the story about my grandma with the Holocaust that I told a couple weeks ago. It's a little different than than making your tits your BBM picture, but yeah, you're right. I didn't know that's that one. That's, that's a story that has been told in my family forever. You know, I would have thought that you would have known that. Yeah, I didn't know that one. You're right. Yeah, one day we'll do maybe on a Patreon episode. My dad will tell all the stories that he's told Julie when he was held up at gunpoint, and the guy's like, "Get over there! Get the fuck like, out of here!" 
Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. I'm keeping it because that makes me happy. No one gets more off track than the two of us. <laughs> It's so fun though, Julie. I love you. And I love every single one of you. I get, I also want to say, I'm going to say this on the regular episode because uh, I I wanted to make sure it's heard by everyone. We've gotten such like beautiful emails recently. And I, I don't think it's possible to respond to everyone because there's just so many, but I just want you to know those are not lost on us. And we read every single one. When there's one that is asking for a reply, I really, really try to get to it. There's just so many, and I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep, but I do eventually get to them. And it's really appreciated. It doesn't go unnoticed, even if there's not a reply. So I just want to thank you guys because it's really, really special. Okay. So anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, There have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to, I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you, I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me, but when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay. Yes. Next scene, two weeks later, we're at the house and Rob's holding Adrian and... <laughs> Wait, you wrote in the description, you wrote in the thing, Chloe's feeding her in parentheses. I know it sounds weird in description, but it was cute. <laughs> Elaborate. Well, yeah, like Rob's literally holding her in her arms and Chloe's like feeding her. Like if you're not watching the way that went down, it's like a very weird scene to have to describe. yeah and chloe's in our confessional she's like when my dad died so much of my brother disappeared and i really appreciate adrian for letting him play and be goofy and just be so genuinely happy it's really sad that this is adrian's last dinner she's going to india for three months and kylie asks how far away india is and she's like you know it's 14 hours from new york but they keep saying that they made a plan like put out a global plan for their phones and caitlin's like these kids live in cyberspace Julie writes, what the fuck else do you want them to do? I mean, yeah, like this is an example of (laughs) this is what I was saying of like, I like Caitlin and I think she provides a really different angle to the show and one that kind of grounds it and gives an interesting juxtaposition to like traditional parenting versus whatever Chris is doing. And not that's no shade to Chris. I love it. But in moments like this, it's like, why do you have to pour salt on the wound? Right. Like, I just don't understand why that comment was necessary. Thank God they live in cyberspace because how else would you survive a three-month relationship that's 14 hours minimum apart? Yeah. 
Exactly. So Rob's resting his head on Adrian and Adrian's like, you know, I have his cologne. And Chris is like, you're taking his cologne. Rob's like, I'm a sucker for love. Rob, (laughs) you little cutie. The cologne was a good idea. There is absolutely nothing more relatable to me than that. Every time a guy that I'm seeing leaves my like house or apartment, I always have them spray cologne on my bed. Always. I love that. Yeah. So the next scene, they're at a feed barn and it's Chris, Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. And in her confessional, Kim's like, my mom decided to drag us all to this barn and get chickens. It's so disgusting. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just hilarious because, like, Chris genuinely is in for it. She's, like, really trying to do it. And she's looking in, in this cage and she's like, oh, my God, that chicken's so cute. And Floyd's like, those are pigeons, not chickens. Like, <laughs> it was just the prime example of, like, she's trying so hard, but this, she's so out of her element here. Yeah, clearly. And Chris is picking out the chickens that she wants. She's like, they're so cute. I want all black and white ones with the little red things on them. And Julie goes, honestly, she has an aesthetic and she sticks to it. Respect. She does. Okay. She does and it hasn't wavered and I respect that. I feel like the color scheme of those chickens was exactly what she was envisioning when she did the floors in her old house, the checkerboard floors. Yes, exactly. And Chloe's in her confessional. She's like, it smells like a dinosaur's cave. It's disgusting. I'm not touching the chicken. It's gross. Okay. My thought here is I obviously agree. Like the whole farm life, I I recognize that it's well liked among some. It's just not my thing. But how the fuck do you know what a dinosaur cave smells like? (laughs) Yeah. Like a flair for the dramatics. Like what what is the most unrelatable thing that you can relate the smell to? A dinosaur cave. (laughs) I also didn't even know they had caves, but hey. No need to get caught up in the semantics of things, right? <laughs> so, okay. So the guy's putting the chickens into Chris's car. And Chris is talking to the chicken. She's like, you're going to love it at our house. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like, that was so relatable. Like the one time I got a goldfish, I'm like looking at it in the way I'm like, you're going to have a life you didn't even know was possible. Like I what get happened that. To the goldfish and died two days later. <laughs> It was not a good situation, but as my dad says, we had to give it a burial at sea. But it lasted a long time. Oh, really? I had one that did not last a while. Yeah. No, I, I, I tried to take care of it. So next scene, they're home with the chickens. Chris is holding them in her arms. And Chris is like, Chloe, she's jerking around. What does that mean? Chloe's like, she wants jerk chicken. <laughs> Chloe is just <laughs> on one-liners. So th- I, know that I'm just, I know that you're probably thinking, why are you guys describing this scene in such detail? It was for, I, I don't know Julie's reasoning. You can go in a second. For me, it just brought me so much happiness watching the dysfunction. Like Chris is sitting there holding this chicken. The chicken starts flying, flocking around in her arms. It flies off. And I'm just like, how did you get here? Like all you wanted to do was eat healthier. Why did you have to end up at a chicken coop? We could have gone to Whole Foods and called it a day. Meanwhile, we are literally bringing in an entire farm to the house. I, that's so not what I was expecting when she brought in Kathy. I thought she was going to come and there was going to be a little bit of flaxseed, a little bit of almond milk. I did not realize we were having a whole farm situation. No, this was like, for me, one of those plot lines that was completely irrelevant and like not important, but was one of those ones we were like, oh, this is why this family's famous. Like it it was a plot line that you would see in a commercial of them chasing chickens around their Calabasas home and being like, I got to watch the fuck out of the show. Yeah, that's exactly a perfect way to put it. So, you know, they're all freaking out. They can't get the chickens in the cage, whatever. Chris finally catches it. It poops on her. It's just disgusting. I was happy to move on from the scene. Okay. Let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Oh my God, I have so much to say about this. Go. Okay. So second to last scene, Rob's dropping off Adrian at the airport and he's 
visibly really upset. And he's like asking her to stay. And in his confession, he says, I don't want this time to come. I don't want this to happen. But you know, she has to make her flight. I mean, I'm not forgetting about my dad, but she fills that void. So she just makes me really happy. He's in his confessional when he says that he's crying and he's saying goodbye to Adrian. He's also crying. And they're both kind of, you know, just in tears. And he says to her, he's like, don't cry. She's like, I love you. I'm just going to miss you. It's not that I think I'm just going to really miss you. And he's hysterical, you know, and I just, I want you to go first because I have so much to say, but clearly, like I said earlier, this was not just a boy sad for his girlfriend leaving. No, this was so much deeper. Like, especially because they hadn't been dating that long. First of all, it was a really sweet moment. It was really sweet to like see Rob so vulnerable and like, he was so sad. Like that was genuinely like a heartbreaking thing to watch him. Like I was crying, like to have to watch him say goodbye to her, even though he knew it was only going to be three months. It wasn't forever. And he like could not control himself. And it was one of those things where I was like, I really got like my full like Syracuse psychology education. Like I, you know, I got its worth when I was watching this because I was like, how is it possible that he loved her so much and still like, not just like screwed it up, but like screwed it up on purpose. Like he cheated on her. Like it was, that breakup was not inevitable. Like it it happened because he cheated. And I think it was one of those things where he associated her so closely with the void that Rob left, like the void that his father left that like she just came in and filled that void. I think that because it was such a close association, he kind of used her as a surrogate for his dad. And because his dad died and left him so heartbroken, I think that during this relationship, he had the assumption, and this is way after I'm talking like breakup. I think he had the assumption that somewhere along the lines, because his dad left and died, that like something was going to happen with Adrian and he was going to end up getting hurt. So instead of like allowing himself to get hurt, he did something first and acted preemptively. And I think that's where their relationship went wrong. Because if you watch them here, you're like, like I know they're so young but like it was such like an oh my god this is so beautiful how did this end up the way it did yeah no it's so true I mean I honestly I agree with you but in full transparency I don't fully my memory is a little bit foggy into the exact you know things that happen later on which I'm happy about because I kind of like relearning it when I watch I mean I know the basics I don't remember the details. So I was more so focused on this you know actual scene just as what it was and what, what I was picking up on was Listen, anybody that's in a serious relationship is upset when their significant other goes away. I remember I've never cried harder than when I cried when Thomas went left for Ohio State. And looking back on it, like, was that traumatic? No, but it was really, really hard for me. And I think that what was going on with him here was that it wasn't just that she was leaving. It was also like the comfort that he had been longing for for five years now since the death of his father was also leaving. And I know that it was temporary, but I think, you know not always, but as someone who has lost a parent, I think it's possible to develop these kind of, I don't want to use the word abandonment issues because I think that has, has a really negative connotation. That's not what I mean. And not that there's anything wrong with having abandonment issues, but I think that the way that people perceive it isn't correct all the time, but you just have this, this fear of like people in your life leaving you. And so even though, and that's what you were getting at when you were talking about later on, but even though she's only going to India for three months, it's not a permanent thing. It's not a personal attack against him at all. Any sort of like leaving like that, I just think it's especially hard when the grief element is so intertwined. And I don't know. The other thing is that he, what they were saying is like, this was kind of the first time that it, it took him a long time to get back to himself. Like Chloe said in the first scene, when my, my dad died, Rob disappeared. And this is the first time that he's feeling back like himself. So potentially what could be going through his mind here is not only that he's missing the comfort that he felt from having her there, but also he's feeling like afraid that this new part of him that was actually the old him is going to leave again with her departure. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I can speak from experience as 
someone who knows the pain. It's not, that's not dramatic. That very much could have been the case. No, I don't think so. I think that it all like what the whole thing about the dad and like about his dad and like what you and I were both saying, I think it's all like so connected. I mean, he's clearly like, and I'm not saying it as a bad thing, but this is like clearly a void that he's filling with Adrian, but like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, but it's, it's clearly something that he hasn't worked through. So instead of like being able to accept the loss and being able to like, you know, be like, okay, there was an old me, there was a me after my father died. And like, that's the me with that's with Adrian. I think that he's unable to like, get to that point, because he's so stuck with being who he was that he thinks that being with Adrian brings him back to the old him. I don't know if I'm making sense here. But like, instead of moving forward, I think that he didn't deal well enough with his dad's death. And his relationship with Adrian, while deep and meaningful was kind of a band aid for that larger issue. No, I, I, you're making total sense. I don't know if everybody would agree, but I think you're making total sense. It's a really, really like complicated, complex thing. And I, it's not at all to discount the deep love that they felt. I think regardless of whether or not he was grieving his father, he would have felt such a deep connection with Adrian, but it does add another layer. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm really trying not to put myself in it. It's just really hard being someone who has fallen in love post their mom dying. It's, I, I can't help but do the association. And it's, it's just, it's very, very complicated. And I don't know, you know, who knows? No, I know exactly what you mean. The, 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 ver- the, the way that anyone grieves is really personal. So I'm not one to speculate as to his grieving process, but I think that he, they have been transparent in saying that he wasn't capable. He wasn't emotionally able, which is so understandable to fully deal with it at the time. So I'm sure we did see some more of that coming out. And we see that with all of them. I think that we we always see that with people that are grieving. I mean, that happens with me too. It comes out in different ways. Yeah. And he was 16. Like those are such formative years in terms of like growth from like boy to man. Such formative years. So next scene, they're at the house and Chris is trying to show them like what the eggs taste like. She's like, listen, I'm going to show you what real fresh eggs taste like. And Chloe's like, these eggs better be good after how those damn chickens smelled. Chris's like, they're the best eggs you've ever had in your life. She gives them all the eggs and they're not into it at all. Like Kim thinks they're dirty. Courtney doesn't like the scent. And again, all I could think of was Courtney now. Like Courtney now would never eat non-free range, you know, chicken or, or cage-free eggs or all organic, whatever. So for her to be looking so down upon it was just so funny because it's like one of the things like maybe you do turn into your mother. Right. Although this isn't really Chris. This is Chris like experimenting with like <laughs> with like Calabasas slash Beverly Hills, you know, tran- like transitioning into that world. Like Courtney came yeah. to that realization and Chris came to that, you know, not to the extent that Courtney did. But they came to that as they like grew in fame. And also like the way that we thought about organic food in 2008 is so much different than the way we think about it now. Like people think about organic food as like a way of life and like it kind of, even if you're not like fully organic or vegan, like it just creeps into your home and like you, you know what I mean? But like back then it was like, no one gave, like some people gave a shit, but most people didn't. Oh, most people didn't. It was, I think a lot of people that did, did it more so for, to say that they did it. Like when, when, when Courtney, it perfectly, perfect example of what I'm saying is when Courtney made the initial comment and she was like, my mom wants a chicken coop because her friend with the $20 million Beverly Hills mansion has a chicken coop. It was like, the chicken coop was the thing to have. I'm not saying that was the case for everyone. Some people really did value and understand the organic, the benefits of that kind of lifestyle. But I do think it was also like a flex, even though that sounds kind of weird. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Next scene, Rob's on the way back from the airport. He calls Courtney 
And he's really upset. And she's trying to convince him to just like come to the house, take your mind off of it. And he's like, <laughs> it was really sad. So I'm not trying to downplay how sad it was. But in the most serious voice, he goes, I'm just going to go to my place and watch Cheetah Girls movies. <laughs> and I was like, that's I so <laughs> and you know he just wants to be alone so courtney hangs up with him and she says to the rest of the family she's like you know i just hung up with rob and i really think we need to do something i've never seen him this depressed but oh my god i just thought of what we can do quick transition back to the chickens for a second they basically are really upset kylie and chloe feel upset that the chickens are outside in the cold they decide to bring them into chris's bathroom and we'll deal with that in a minute okay we're back at rob's apartment And he's in his confessional and he's like, it was really hard for me to get up and take Adrian to the airport. I'm not going to be able to see her, kiss her. It's just a miserable feeling. And he's looking at pictures of him and Adrian and him and his dad. And I think this was, again, just what we have been talking about, a a moment that was a very like tangible example of the correlation between the two relationships. Yes. I think. Agreed. So next scene, Kaylin goes into the bathroom and she sees the chicken in the tub. Obviously, it's just disgusting. I can't, honestly, I can't even talk about the scene too much because I was so grossed out. Like, I don't deal with the whole, I don't deal with animals defecating well. It's just not my thing. I, I can't really, I'm sorry, I can't. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand. I don't, yeah. I don't really either. I'm not, I'm not a chicken girl. My, my, <laughs> my, my, like, surprise in the scene is that they keep getting surprised every time the chicken poops as if, like, that wasn't, like, as if they weren't expecting it. Like, what I know. think what was going to happen? My thing in the scene was more so just like I love Chloe and Kylie's relationship and how it started from such early. Like it started so early. You know, you see their their. I know we always use the word dynamic, but you see their dynamic here, and it's just this was like the precursor to what it eventually ended up being. And the other thing that I want to say is, like Adrian pointed out when she was like, "Kylie's going to be an actress." Trust me. When you go back on any scene, any season, you can see Kylie's star power was early on. Oh yes, oh yes, she was born with that. She just had a confidence that not every kid has. Yeah, I so agree. Okay, next scene, they're at Dash, and Rob comes in. Courtney and Chloe are there. And they're like, listen, we know you've had a rough day. We want to give you a present. And they give him a video camera. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And she's like, just wait. And she gives him the envelope. And he's like, what is it? And she goes, it's your itinerary to go to India. And in his confessional, he's like, my sisters are so cool. I love them to death. They're the best sisters in the world. India is really expensive, and I'm going to see Adrian, who I love. So I'm going to be very happy. It'll cheer me up. This was very that sweet. Was so sweet. It was very sweet. It was also just such a moment. It was it was two throwbacks in one. The first throwback was this giant fucking video camera that I cannot believe we all <laughs> carried around. But the second aspect of it was like now that would never be a thing. He would just get on a private plane and fly to India. Like I know I sound ridiculous, but obviously that's what they would do. And so for him to even be flattered by the fact that it was an expensive trip and they were buying it for him, like it just shows their humanity that we often forget exists, I think, from a from a materialistic perspective. Like their materialistic humanity did exist at one time. We've just been so kind of uh desensitized by the luxury that they live. And that's not a doubt that's not no shade at all. It's just the truth of it. Yeah, I still agree. Yeah. And then, you know, the scene, the episode ends with they're at the Calabasas house. Caitlin gets fried chicken for dinner. He wants Chloe to eat the chicken, and they're kind of all just laughing as any Kardashian slash Full House episode ends with that real just cheerful <laughs> feel. I don't know. I, I was I was loving this. I texted you midway through it. I was like, Julie, I fucking cannot wait to talk about this. I know. Well, I texted you before you watched it, and I was like, I am so excited for you. You're going to be so happy. 
Yeah. And I was, it was really, really, really good. I just love this. I feel like such a, I would never, I say this every time, but I would have never done this. I would have never gone back to season one and watched all of it and to have to do it technically, like really we have to, we have, we have an obligation is such a blessing. <laughs> I know. I so agree. I so yeah. agree. Yeah. As always. I mean, we get a lot of messages specifically recently. They're like, you know, I just want to tell you guys, it's been really hard in quarantine and your podcast has been getting me through. And I know this sounds weird, but I feel like I'm with my friends and like just a general message. And I'm sure I've said this to any of you that I've spoken to. It's not weird because we feel the exact same way. Like when Julie and I are watching this episode, we're texting each other and we're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to talk to them about Rob and Adrian. Like them, as right. if you guys are the third entity. It's just, it's a constant thing. I feel like that. I, I know it's not weird because I know you guys do too. And we just love you. Thank you for letting us do this. And thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you on Monday, Rachel. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Okay, we're going to break down the fuck out of that Courtney and Addison video on Monday. So don't you worry. 